Blog Talk Radio. We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. Take your place in the army and the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other. Hold up each other's arms and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army. So we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go bride! Our soon coming king awaits. This is a WATV disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministry, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Dr. June Knight. Listen, Bride, it is my honor to host ministers from all over the world. We are honored to hear their life stories because it is for God's glory. What is their journey like? Listen with us today as we give God glory for this person. Amen. tonight to highlight one of God's servants. She has such an amazing story. I'm so excited to introduce her to you. Give it up for Dr. Lydia Gonzalez D. Ross. How you doing, ma'am? Doing great tonight. Doing great tonight. Thank you, Dr. June, for having me. Yes, now listen, Dr. Lydia, I'm going to read your bio. Uh, Listen, Brad, when I read this bio, I was like, what? This woman is this woman is like royalty. She has turned the world upside down. Listen to this, Brad. Dr. Lydia Gonzalez D. Ross is a U.S. Army veteran daughter, tribal, Jewish, and from Hispanic descent. She is a pioneer and forerunner in many ways. D. Ross, am I saying that right, D. Ross? That's right. That's right. Okay. Okay is nationally recognized for her work and professionally serves a conduit consultant and political advocate on behalf of the Hispanic, Jewish, and indigenous tribal global community. She has 30 years expertise as a seminary or conference national and global speaker on women's issues and concerns about nations that suffer economic poverty due to abuse of political powers. As a former homeschool mother for special needs and public education teacher, she understood that pro-choice education is the only way a child can fully develop. D. Ross has earned a master's degree from a school of government in public administration and homeland defense against terrorism in emergency management 
As a Regent University summer student, she was humbled to reside in Israel with Professor Dr. Jay Sekulow. Oh, I was so excited to hear that. I love Jay Sekulow. About the nation of Israel and Middle East conflict. That was back in 2009. Now, Brian, this goes a long, long uh, history of what this woman has done. But I'm going to scroll down here. Now, listen to this. Uh, Lydia is gifted as a pioneer and anointed as a fire starter wherever she goes. She follows the leading of the Holy Spirit, and her heart passion is to see the body of Christ in their positions and posts to get the job done. Lydia pulls people from all walks of life and encourages them to move forward. Who do you hear say that all the time? (laughs) We've got to move (laughs) forward. Called by God as a Holy Ghost switchboard operator. I thought that was awesome. And able to do more than one thing at a time, prophesied over by Dr. Sharon Stone, that Lydia was called to bring an army together that covered the sea. Most recent prophetic was that she was to gather the Sephardic of Latin America of Zion and the tribal indigenous people together and sit with kings, presidents, and leaders of this world with the gathering of the apostles and prophets to change the environmental and economic atmosphere. Now, listen, uh, her list goes on and on. Let me go down here where she, this is her recent. Lydia is marveled in what God has done in her life and what her future holds. She recently was in D.C., that's how we met, attending the National Day of Prayer events and facilitating the White House prayer for our nations as their communications director. She received a prophetic word from Dr. Clyde Rivers that she still has a seat in political atmosphere, but it was time to go to the nations. Dr. Rivers had no idea that plans were in the works for Lydia to speak in Colombia, Africa, Kenya, Ethiopia, Tanzania and other places Lydia self Funds her ministry As creator of the U.S. Women This is what we're going to talk about a lot U.S. Women Christian Chamber of Commerce And subsidiary God gave her this idea Because many conservative Women have no place To go after the U.S. Women Chamber of Commerce Announced that they endorsed Hillary Clinton who does not fear God. Wow, sister, your story is so amazing. Thank you, thank you, Dr. Jane. All glory to the Lord. Amen. Yes, amen. Now listen, uh, I would like for you to take us back in time. And I, I want you to tell us about the girl. Was you raised in a big family? Where was you raised? And what was your environment growing up like? Was your parents Christians or what? Take us back. Oh, boy. That's a question that really nobody has ever asked me, believe it or not. Wow. Um, yeah, and it's it's a story unfolding. And the Lord has worked so much in our family and the miracles yeah. that we've received. Uh, I'm born and raised in New York and Long Island, uh, uh, Puerto Rican uh, background and uh, my father is, yeah. uh, you know, uh, he's deceased now, but he's uh, served in, in the U.S. Army as a veteran. And so his discipline approach was in the house. And then uh, I have a mother who is a strong evangelical voice and in her community, and uh, she's retired, uh, an ordained minister. But we, we've had, like most Hispanic homes, that we have one evangelical and one Catholic. So there was a mix of of religious beliefs, though my father really never practiced uh, uh, Catholicism. His side of the family has, and they still do. But we were raised in a very peculiar, I call peculiar environment. My siblings, we have a family of five. Uh, We have one deceased sister. uh, She went home with the Lord a couple years ago. 
and uh, yeah, the the little one, the the youngest one, and her and her yeah. husband were pastors in Connecticut, and so we have our uh, lovely sister-in-law uh, raising the little ones. Uh, now they're bigger, but you know the Lord has taken us from trial to trial, from trial to trial, and one of the things that I've learned as a very young young age, uh, I believe probably under the age of 12, that the Lord has started to move in my spirit, not knowing what the Holy Spirit was, who it is, and uh, who he is. Uh, The Lord started moving in me, and um, so there was a lot of uh, demonic uh, nightmares, uh, you know, things, uh, probably generational curses are surfacing, always thought differently uh, about the evangelical uh, churches. Uh, I was raised in a very dogmatic, legalistic environment, so I had a lot of... um, would you say, uh, very strictness in my family upbringing. But, you know, I've learned today through that that the Lord has turned it around and made me very organized, made me a strong yeah. leader, made me, made me very aggressive in, in pursuing the things of the Lord and pressing in until the job is done. So I'm very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I'm very sensitive in seeing gifts in people. And, I'm, and I, when I see oh. someone that should be walking in what they're called to and, and and sometimes so low self-esteem steam can bring them down. So we, as a body, should be encouraging that one to move forward. And, and the Holy Spirit switchboard operator comes in and says, okay, Lord, who can I connect this person to so that they can be encouraged and get the skills that they need so that their fulfillment in life is complete in the body? And that's, that's how it all operates. So the gift started moving, the moves of the Spirit. Uh, you know, I gave my life, uh, even though I was raised in the church, I gave my life to the Lord later in the 20s because they never yeah. taught about salvation as most Hispanic churches yeah. do. They just teach a lot about legalism, dogmatic, don't do this, don't do that. You know, a lot of sin preaching instead of really the love of God salvation what does that mean transformed what does that mean walking out yourself you know so those things i've learned later in life you know as the lord was bringing me people teaching me and listening and and when the spirit says go here go here you go there because he wants to teach you something and then you're there for a season i said okay god now this season has ended where do you want me to go next because you move from glory to yes. glory, but you can't stay where you are. You've got to move forward. You can't, you can't yes. think that, oh, this is all that God has called me to do. No, now that you achieved that, let's move to the next level and so on and so yes. on. And the more you press for your glory, the more you press for that place. The more God gives you gifts, the more God sharpens your tools, even replace used tools and give you better ones so that you can warfare better. So I, right, I told right. you I wasn't going to preach, but it sounds like I, I ended up doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure it helps that I'm over here agging you on. You are preaching it. It's very true because a lot of people do get comfortable and they they uh, don't realize that there is more. There's always so much more, you know? Yes. There's so much more from from God. He wants to show his body that he is not a limited God. He has everything for us, which our job is to press in and get it. He said, come and get the gift. They're here. They're here for you. He's got a portal ready to pour down gifts like we've never seen before. And, you know, my pastor, uh, Pastor Kim Owens from Fresh Start Church in Peoria, uh, Arizona, she preached today. The title was Uncommon Anointing and Undeniable Authority. Man, that just shook yeah, the house. Bro. We have to tap into that. We have to tap to the yeah. uncommon anointing. We can't take somebody else's anointing because that's not your anointing. That's their anointing. God right. has your specific anointing for you. Just like I can't do what you do, you can't do what I do, but I need you as a body. I need you. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, What has caused you to be such an advocate for women? What what is it in your life that drove you, you know, to want to be such a voice for women? 
Well, well I think, uh, you know, I, to be honest with you, when I first started in women in ministry, I didn't want nothing to do with women in ministry. I, I yeah. had no desire because I, you know, when you're so hurt by women, the way they criticize yeah. you, the way they're jealous over you, whether they're covet over you, you know, instead of uh, and blinking arms with you, they're doing totally opposite. They're doing the same thing as the world is doing. And I didn't want nothing yeah. to do with them because they didn't have anything that I want. And I didn't want to be part yeah. of any of it. So I refused to really have anything to do with women. And, you know, I, I, just identified more through the calling of the men in the ministry because they didn't criticize me. They didn't, you know, uh, batter me or beat me up in the spirit. They just said, you know what, you need to do this, this, and this. They, they were structuring, you know, they were guiding and they were uh, influencing and that's what I needed. But then, you know, I started having issues with women in my own personal life, I'm a survivor of domestic violence, very serious to the point of almost death. And I, you know, I lived through that. But, you know, God was so amazing that through that, he only, not only gave me victory in the courts, he gave me victory in the personal life, that the, that door was shut so completely that not only I can identify with an abuser, but know exactly uh, not, as, as a survivor, I should say, but the abusers some, are hurt themselves, and the Lord was showing me that, you know, men abuse women, and now it's women abusing men, <laughs> because they have issues on their own life, and they don't know how to diffuse that anger in another positive way. The, the men of the church need to teach men how to be relationship with their wives or whether it's significant yeah. other, way before they think about marriage, way before. Because, you know, when you have your stuff and you get married and you bring another person's stuff, you got a whole lot of stuff that's unresolved. And that's not the way the body right. of Christ is. We shouldn't carry this stuff. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. And sometimes we need, right. to, we need to remind that our husbands are new creatures in Christ Jesus. My father was a very verbal abusive man. And I, you know, I fringe when I scream, hear screams or I fringe, uh, you know, when I hear husbands talk to their wives in a certain way because God never, that, that was not his plan for husbands and wives. That, that's not his plan. And sometimes, you know, in that situation, we've learned to come out of that when we learn about our heavenly father's love for us. So in an early start, the Lord said to me, I am now your husbandman. So it's like, wow, I not only have a father, but I have a husbandman. And what does that mean? Yeah. That means he's going to nurture you. He's going to love you. Yeah. My father said, I love you, the word I love you, when I was 30-something years old. And you know when that started? That started when wow. I said to God in the spirit in another state, God, I forgive my dad. He doesn't know what he was doing. He was acting out of alcoholism. He was acting out of anger. He was acting out of his own issues, Lord. Yeah. Father, I just release that forgiveness towards him. And you know what? The moment I did that, the Holy Spirit prompted me to say, he doesn't know how to say, I love you. So you need to teach him. And I go, what? I said, I can't teach a grown man how to say I love you, and that's where it came from. So when I started saying at every phone call at the end, Dad, I just want to let you know I love you all the time. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And it came to the point he started saying it back, and that was the miracle of God in his life. It transformed his life. Not only did it transform his life, but it transformed his marriage. His marriage got stronger. Aww. My mom and dad were so lovey-dovey to the point, you know, how kids are when they see that dishiness, all that lovey-dovey, you want to just want to throw up. It got to that point. <laughs> that the relationship got so strong in God. And, you know, he gave his life to the Lord two weeks before he went home to glory. Two weeks. But it took someone to say, I forgive you. And I love you, and just walk in that love that God has given to you, that Heavenly Father's love. And God will 
that's, some, that's something for somebody out there. You're struggling with your father, and you hate your father so much that you don't want anything to do with him. And God is telling you you have a bad attitude. You better get it right. <laughs> so get it right, forgive, let it go, and start walking in love. You have to see them as new creatures in Christ. You cannot see them in the old garments. You have to see them in the new garments that God has given them. And that's part of the problem we have with the body of Christ. We wear new garments. We don't wear the old garments. We wear the new ones that God has given us. That means all that old stuff got to go. It's got to go. We don't have time for it. It's got to go. (laughs) Well, that's very good, sister. Thank you so much. Uh, I want to ask you about this HR5. I saw something that you posted about it. You know, it is something that I did not consider is how this takes really, it takes away from women's rights. Can you explain that since you're a a women's uh, proponent? How does this bill affect women's rights? Yeah, you know, that that was a really nasty bill. And part of the problem with this bill is, you know, I don't know what happened with church on this bill. Every church should have bombarded the legislative offices to say this is not okay. Amen. You're affecting, yes. you're not only affecting Christian businesses, and it's not just Christians. It's all the faiths. All the faiths' religious sects are affected, not just the Judeo-Christians. And people don't understand that. And I'm really surprised that the Catholics didn't stand up for it. The Methodists didn't stand up for it. Even the Muslim community didn't stand up for it. I mean, I was really surprised that this should have been an overhaul dead, dead bill. I mean, it, yeah. it just bothers me. It, it just affects everyone and everything. And I think it when does. they wrote this bill, they, the agenda was to really attack our president. And it's and it's so, so sad that they cannot work on issues that promote American citizens or promote the quality of life for Americans. And this bill, you know, it may have passed in the House, and I'm not sure where it sits in the Senate, and maybe you can elaborate on that, but this is a discrimination against all faiths. It's not about an LGBT mm-hmm. issue. It's, it's a discrimination to religious freedom, which is a violation of our amendment rights and the freedom of speech. Yeah. It affects every constitutional bill. And it you know does. what? The, the thing that, you know what I'm thinking about? The enemy is trying so hard to steal our kingdom from us. And he's using every power of influence, every thought, creating things out of nowhere, making things up, using the very congressman's leaders. You know, they're puppets in his hands. So they just they don't know what else to do. So they're coming up with these crazy, crafty, deceitful lies. And, and it's so sad that half of the believers, half the people that they call themselves Christians, believe it. Or they say, oh, yeah, well, we need to really agree. Or maybe we need to <laughs> You know, tone down. They, they say you need to tone down your rhetoric, the Christian rhetoric. No, the word of God is yes and amen, and God will always have the last word, period. Yes. Well, it, it just grieves those uh, that eight Republicans partnered with them. What were those Republicans thinking? You know, it is so sad because there's always division in in the church and everywhere else. We, we need to look at Congress, we need to look at the House of Representatives as a form of a body that whatever is going on in there is not healthy. It's very toxic. We've got a toxic Congress, yeah. and we need to yeah. clean it. We need to clean it and purify it. And, you know, we, we have – there's so many faith leaders in Washington, D.C. that come monthly, sometimes weekly. They gather, they meet, but there's, there's a cleansing that still needs to be done. And, and But it just doesn't take these generals. It takes the whole body. Everybody should be in the churches devoting prayer time and taking that Sunday. Take five, ten minutes of your Sunday sermon. Let's stand and pray for this nation. Let's stand and pray for the president. Yes. You have that yes. biblical right to do that, not only biblically but constitutionally. You have the right to do that. And they're so fearful. That spirit of fear is, is dominating so much that they, the rhetoric is, is got to stop. 
we've got a rise of Christian radio stations like yourself and other, there should be more and more and more of that. And the media mountain, the spear mountain that came out of the book of Leviticus, that spear mountain, that scribe mountain needs to be more overtaking the voices that are trying to drown the Christians. We should be overtaking yeah. those voices. I agree. Uh, the next question I wanted to ask you is you are actually in Phoenix, Arizona, right? Yes. Okay. Isn't it Arizona or is it New Mexico where the borders are wide open, uh, where the governor is trying to make it a sanctuary state and all that? What do you know about the border situation in Arizona? Yeah, it's, um, you know, Vice President Pence was just recently here in Yuma uh, talking about the borders. And, yeah, he was recently here. And there's, you know, I also believe there was a group of generals that came, and the spiritual generals that came not only to uh, Arizona, but they also were at the border of Texas. I believe Chuck Pierce came, Mark Gonzalez, and many others. Uh, Apostle uh, Big Pond came to the borders to pray. There's, there's an emergency crisis that's going on in the border that the Democrats are trying to water down. And, you I know, agree. there's something that the, the body of Christ needs to understand about the Latinos. And I, and I hope I have a minute or two to talk yes, about this because this is, so, yes, this is so critical. It's one of the reasons I think that the prophetic word came in a few days ago about this because my heart was crying out for the Latino American uh, body. And what's happening is that people don't understand is the Latino community, that they're not only uh, you know, representing the indigenous tribes, but they also represent the Jewish tribe, the lost tribe of Vanessa, the lost tribe of Ephraim, the lost tribe of Benjamin. And these tribes have been so uh, stifled down. They have not been talked about. It's coming slowly out. But what happened is when the president moved the embassy to Jerusalem, the USA embassy, the only nations that followed was the Latino countries. No other country came after well, the Latino, that's because wow. there's a covenant. There's a covenant between the Latin blood and the Jewish people. And not only that, the First Nations uh, have not embraced yet the indigenous tribe of the Latino people, but we're working on that with uh, Chief uh, Big yeah. Pond. We're working about having a celebration about that. And the Lord said to bring in the apostles and the prophets into this because we need to speak into these nations to transform their environments, to transform and eliminate poverty, change their uh, – the reason they're fleeing to us, it's, it's a diabolical plot, not because – they, need, they want a better life because there's better lives in other countries as well. But the reason that they're coming here is because it's a position uh, of a wall that the enemy has strategically tried to use the compassion part. Well, you know, you can't really separate the children from the mother, this and that and the other. You know, that, that's the whole hogwash. <laughs> you know, I've been in the yeah. front lines too long, and I've seen, I've been in international social service. I've worked with Mexican consulates. I've worked with other consulates. You know, they don't really want to leave their country, but their country has been diabolically maneuvered by the enemy by uh, uh, plots of assassins to mayors, plots against the government, political corruption, all sorts of ways. And the body of presidents in that nation are living under such fear that, that, that they, they try to do something. Either the church gets burned or they get, you know, they get pulled their license or something catastrophic happens. And this is the other thing that I've heard about the Muslim community. The Muslim community are converting Hispanics. And they're taking them, the, specifically the Mexican Hispanics. Because the, in Mexico, the jihads are recruiting the younger ones because they have no home life. They're orphans in the right. street. There's an orphan spirit that we need to deal with. And that orphan spirit yeah. is being adopted and through these gang of families. And once they've been trained how to behead, once they've been trained how to do this and that, then they try to infiltrate and try to cross the border to create jihad cells in America, which there are many, many. And so in that, when the not radical Muslim, the, the westernized that have accustomed themselves into American lifestyle, 
they convert to Muslim, they don't really come here to America. They're fleeing to other countries like Africa. There's a whole new region of Hispanic Muslims in Africa now bringing their businesses there. But this is what's happening. Wow. They get there. They get, yeah, they get there in Africa. They build their life, and they be part of the Muslim community, and they open this business and stuff. And then what happens is missionaries and evangelists come to Africa, talk about Jesus, get them converted to Christianity. Praise God for that. But this is what happens after that. Once the evangelist leaves, once the missionaries leave, once all this excitement leaves, we got thousands of people converting to Jesus every day from Muslim. But yeah. the Muslim community turns around and says, oh, that's what they love Christians when they come and they do evangelism and all that because they don't stay and give the community the resources they need as new believers to get plugged in where they yeah. need to be plugged in. And to stay in the Christian belief system, what happens is that they leave and the Muslim community come behind and say, well, you know, that's great that you are Christian now, but, you know, in order for you to buy or have banking in my Muslim bank, you need to convert back to Muslim. So there's that evil tug of war that we're having in the nation oh. that people don't realize. Yes, and that's yeah. why there's such a radical movement because we, you know, I have a lot of Muslim friends, and I know one that's converted from a, 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 he converted from being a terrorist to a Christian, and now he's preaching, yeah. you know, the Ishmael message to convert Muslim because what's happening is a lot of Muslims never heard the Bible, never heard about Jesus. They only know what they've been taught, and they start very early, as you know, as two or three, teaching these young kids how to war, how to, you know, what's an infidel, what is this, what is that. But what's, ha yeah. what's happening that Christ himself, Jesus, Yeshua himself now is appearing in their dreams. So it's, they're having this encounter I themselves with Jesus it. Christ. Yes, so yeah. many are being baptized, many are being radically changed, and yes, that's what's going to take, the it. radical, supernatural wave of God. But we can't do this yeah. if the body of Christ does not get on their knees. And, you know, Lou Ingalls is leading that front of fasting, not just for the supernatural wave, but an encounter with Jesus Christ himself. So it's an everlasting change, not just, you know, oh, I just gave my life to Christ now. No, when you give your life to Christ, the next step is get water baptized, get filled with the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can teach you and guide you where you need to go, what you need to say, what you need to do. It should be in every decision yes. that you make. You should be looking to heaven. Yes, Father, Lord. what do you want me to do today for you? Who do you want me to yes. speak to? We should be in the marketplaces. That's what I do here. I go to the marketplace place and I just swap meets flea markets that are three or four blocks long and I just see somebody hurting or I see the Lord the sermon spirit comes upon me I just go to that person I don't care boldness 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 we speak boldness to the body of Christ because we must go to the marketplace because they're rejecting the, the Christ the churches now because of all this entertainment stuff that's happening in the churches then instead of focusing their their service and allowing the Holy Spirit to move the way he yes. wants to move. We put him in a box. And we can't just say, okay, the service today is going to be an hour. A lot of churches are having one hour service. You know, they wait all week to get to service on Sunday, and then you only have an hour service. You are cheating yes. God, and you're cheating the Holy Spirit, yes. and you're cheating your shepherds. Because the shepherds, they yes. need to hear they need to see God move in their lives. And, you know, we are responsible daily to walk with Christ, but we're also responsible to make sure that we are walking with the Holy Spirit, learning who he is, and not just what he can do for us, but it's an intimate relationship that we need to have with the Holy Spirit. And I cannot tell you the times that my life has been a crossroads of death so many times. And the Holy Spirit has protected me all the time. Just this last week, I didn't know I had no oil in my car. I did not know I had no oil in my car. And I've been running this car all week long, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says to me, uh, go get your oil check done. I'm like, what? 
So I go to oh, Walmart to get my oil check done, and he tells me, did, yes. he, he tells me, <laughs> yeah, he tells me, uh, did you know you had no oil in the car? That's the Holy Spirit protecting you. Man, yes. I tell you, God is good. Yes, he is. Hey, I want to ask you something, Dr. Lydia. Okay, now, uh, I know women don't tell their age, but I think you're probably around my age, maybe 40s. Uh, but anyways, I want to ask you this. Do you think, do you feel better in our country for Latinos uh, in this current time from all the different oh, things man. that you have been involved in over all the years? I mean, do you feel better in the atmosphere towards Latinos and Native Americans? Oh, man. I am so excited for the Latin community. The Latinos are, oh. you know, they're, I am so excited for them. The reason why we're getting attacked the way we are and why we're constantly in the forefront of pages, and it's not just the immigrants of, of, of Latin America, but these other immigrants as well in other nations. Let me tell you, Dr. Cindy Jacobs prophesied to me a couple of years ago, and he says, you know, you will be a voice to the Latin community. And I called you to public office, and I anointed you to public office. You know, I really, again, not... <laughs> Sorry, I really didn't want nothing to do with the Latino community. <laughs> I was so hurt, so bad by the Latin community that I didn't want nothing to do with it. But she said that to me. I said, God, it's just like you to have me do something that I don't want to do. And <laughs> when I started working with the Latino community, yeah. I said, God, you're going to have to give me a special love for them because, you know, sometimes I just want to come out and crack the whip. And I just want to tell them, you know what, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And he said, yeah, you're going to crack the whip and a couple of them, especially when it comes to government ministry, because they're, they're so clueless about that, that they don't want nothing to do with it. Just let that, let that for the political people. And that's why we have so many Hispanics Democrats, not because they don't know any better. It's because no one has come to them and said, you know what, your belief system you say you're not for abortion. You say you're not for same-sex marriage. You say you're not, but yet you still vote Democrat. Do you know that you will be judged one day according to the way you vote? And if you don't vote, you still will be judged because you Thank didn't you. vote. That's, <laughs> that is your responsibility as a believer to vote. It may not be the best candidate, but you know what? That's the one that God chose, and that's the one we need to honor and we need to pray for. Well, you know, when Obama was in office and Clinton was in office, I prayed for them anyway because God commands us to pray for them, period. Yes. We, we cannot continue the way we are. And the Latinos are rising. There's a wave of supernatural. Dr. Cindy Jacobs said that the waves of the supernatural are, are going to begin first among the Latino community. And a couple of years ago, it, it happened while I was, I was living in Tulsa at the time. We had this little koala mama lady, probably about 4'1", weighed about 125 pounds. She lives a fasting life. She lives in the caves of koala mama. She's been in 180 nations, has about 30-something churches wow. all over the world. She is not on television. She is not on social media. She is not on YouTube. She doesn't have a TV program. She doesn't have a radio program. But you know what? She obeys God, and wherever that door opens, she walks. And let me tell you what flows in that wow. little lady's life. I wish I'll be meeting with her in Lawrence and Georgia next week. Because she called me yesterday. She said, come on down. I said, yes, ma'am, I'll be there. That little woman, she opens that Bible, and that oil flows from that Bible. Oil secretes from her hands. And I tell you what, when the fire guard starts ministering to people, people get healed from cancer, out of wheelchairs. She's a Catherine Kuhlman of our day. Like, we've never seen a Hispanic wow. movement. And all of a sudden, we're start, God is starting to bring me these prophets and apostles, just like he said he was going to do, to gather them and to bring them into the Latin community. Now we're seeing Apostle Maldonado moving the miracles and signs of wonder. We're seeing prophet, uh, uh, his wife, moving in the same dynamic warfare. We're seeing uh, Leandro Rivera in Juarez, Mexico. We've seen Buenos Aires moving. Uh, Claudio Federación moving. We've seen, oh, Cash Luna. We're seeing, oh my gosh, there's so many dynamic Hispanic leaders. Angel Gonzalez, God bless him. He, you know, he is all over uh, Peru. He's in Cuba. He, he goes where the Lord sends him and he ministers the gospel. Uh, 
Kenneth Copeland now has a Hispanic ministry, Sergio uh, Alvarado. He goes over there and he does the same thing. He's bringing the Hispanic. I mean, there's just so many waves of supernatural happening now that the, the Hispanics are now seeing God in a different way, and he's there for them. So if I say to those immigrants that if you get picked up and you get deported, your job is to bring the gospel back to your nation. Don't say, oh, because America did this to me or the president. No, God is giving you assignment. You were here for a season, and now it's your turn to bring back to your nation and change the atmosphere. God has given us wow. that kingdom authority. Yes. Now, let me ask you, uh, going back to the Hispanic community as well, how do you feel that President Trump has done for the Hispanic community uh, since he's been in office? Oh, my goodness. You know, he is, a, as many have, prophets have said, he is the Cyrus of our times. And yeah. even uh, Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu called him the Cyrus of our times. And it's that relationship with Israel again. And it's that relationship with the Hispanic community. And not just the Hispanic community, the African community as well. He's bridging diversities. You know, he recently passed this bill called Opportunity Zone. And Opportunity Zone yes, is, is a grant. Aren't you excited yeah. about that? I am so excited. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, I, I'm missing the, the call today about that, but Bishop Leon Benjamin and Dr. Scott are leading that effort front, and he said this is not just for the African community. This is for the Latino. This is for First Nations. This is transfer yeah. wealth in the happening right yeah. now. Transfer wealth. Yeah. There's no excuse for no one not to open a business today. The money is there. Yeah. Now we need the dream to come out of their closet and say, I have a dream about my business and I want to do this. Well, there's going to be a state-to-state -state meeting about Opportunity Zone where you can plug in with these investors, bring your business plan. There's so much conversation about that now, even in the White House. I mean, the president has been doing a lot of press releases about this. This is a bill that passed. This is not a bill that's going to pass. It passed. That means we need to yeah. now produce. We need to be action-minded people right now. God is giving dreams. He's lifting up these Josephs, and he's giving them dreams, and dreams that tell, oh, I, one day I want to do this. You know, what we need more in the body of Christ right now is bank financial holders. Bank financial holders. We need them to own banks, just like Dr. Bill Winston does, and uh, Prophetess uh, Jatasha Harris in North Carolina, who just opened a bank, and uh, Bob Yagening, who's got a bank in Tulsa. We need more believers to start opening bank institutions uh, and just be that transfer of wealth to the body of Christ. Yes. Now, uh the Opportunity Zones, I met one of the guys that's one of the heads of it uh, the other night, and he said that Detroit was on the list, and I just started crying right there because I had prayed with those apostles in that city and prayed and prayed and saw them cry over the death. I mean, that city is utterly devastated, and how President Trump uh, partnered with them to put their name on the list. And I am so happy for my African-American friends there that have just wailed about it for years because they said Obama didn't do anything for them there. And so I'm really happy that the Opportunity Zones, in case you watching or listening, do not understand what that is. The president signed an executive order. That was an executive order. And that's where he said, I wanted to do Opportunity Zones to bring money to revitalize urban communities. Am I right, sister? That's absolutely right. And he's targeting the poorest areas of the state or the right. most poverty-stricken area of the state. You know, when the Lord told us, okay, it's time to move from Oklahoma to Arizona, we really had a struggle finding a place to live temporarily until we have our home sold in Florida. And I tell you yeah. what, I said, Lord, I'll, right now I'll take anything. I'll go anywhere you want me to be in Arizona. So he puts me in an area that is absolutely peaceful, but according to Arizona statistics, it's one of the worst crime areas <laughs> in the state. Oh, no. 
So I got that job to take care of. Then I said, okay, this is cool. Let me find out who my congressman is, you know, because that's very important. And so happens to be, again, one of the most Democratic districts in my area. So I've got two jobs to do. (laughs) It's just like God. He's always keeping us busy. Yes. Now let's move over to uh, this Christian women uh, deal that you have going on with the Chamber of Commerce. Now, explain to us about that vision. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. I tell you what, you know, I I was one of uh, Trump's media surrogates uh, during his presidential campaign after Newt Gingrich uh, stepped down because I was on the National Hispanic Forest for Newt Gingrich. And then when uh, he stepped down uh, and after Cain stepped down because we were kind of doing, you know, on the mobile kind of road kind of thing with J.C. Watts, uh, Congressman J.C. Watts, and United States Treasurer Rosemary Murray. We were just kind of <laughs> waiting for the next person. But when finally Trump was identified as, as the candidate uh, for the Republican Party, you know, one of, one of the things that is so so weird is um, I was like, okay, God, where, where are we going with this, Lord? You know, what are we doing here? And God is so amazing. He, there's always kind of steps where you need to go. He says that the steps of the righteous men are ordered of the Lord. So he leads us where we need to go and what we need to do. And what's happened is during this campaign, you know, Clinton was the, was the other candidate for the Democratic Party. And usually chambers, uh, they have a, another 501c6 where they can endorse a candidate if they choose to. My chamber is not a 501c6. It's a 501c3 and it's a non-lobbyist, meaning I don't endorse anyone. So we work with the communities. That's what we do. We bring Jesus, the Yeshua, right back into the marketplace where he belongs because that's what he did. He ministered in the marketplace. He ministered to the community. So that's what we're doing. That's what we believe in. So we're establishing chapters everywhere to do that. And uh, we have leaders on our website that you can go to. And uh, if you want to join and be part of, be one of the voices uh, for America. But the reason how it started is I was so disappointed not only in the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, but also the United States Women Chamber of Commerce, which I thought they were very bipartisan for the most part yeah. in every issue. But but it turned. Yeah, it turned think. when Clinton ran for office. Yeah, it turned. And no, all those conservatives... No, no. Yeah, no, it turned. You've got, You've got to listen to me a minute. You, I know exactly what you're saying. Listen, Brad. Uh, I was leaving the White House one day, and, you know, right across the street is the Chamber of Commerce. And so I looked over, and there was a, they have this huge banner called uh, the Dreamers, you know, basically saying they support the Dreamers. And on this sign, they had uh, all of the colors of people except white people. Like they had like uh, Latinos, blacks, and Indians, and you know different nations, but the white people was uh, whited out like a black and white old photo. So that struck my spirit wrong. Like I knew right then they was globalists. You know what I mean? Because they they do yeah. the identity politics, right? So I went right. over there and I walked and I confronted them. I said, I want to interview someone. I want to know why you have the sign out there that has the white people in black and white, like they're old and antiquated, and you're reaching for this new, you know, type of thing. They wouldn't do it, but the point is they got the point that their sign definitely reflects what you're saying. They have an agenda. So what did you do about it, sister? Yeah, and see that, and that's the thing. And when when they said we have endorsed Hillary Clinton, I was like, Oh Lord, you know, uh, you know, Honorable Hillary Clinton. Uh, she, I met her in um, Tulsa. And it was the strangest thing how that happened. God is so good; He's always bringing me influential leaders without me looking for them. And so what happened was I was. Yeah, he just does that, and and this, and he said he was going to do that. I was no longer going to cultivate that. I'm going to be the gardener, that they're going to come to me. And I'm like, great. And and, and it's happened more wow. than I can tell you. 
So I was yeah. in Tulsa sitting with, with Pastor Carmen Hill, a pastor of uh, Hispanic Victory, one of the largest uh, churches in, in Tulsa. And I was sitting in the office with her, and we were talking. All of a sudden, she receives this phone call from this from this gentleman from the Educare community. And she says, I don't understand what they're saying. See what they want. I said, sure. So I answered the phone. Hi, this is Apostle Lydia. How can I help you? I'm here on behalf of Pastor Carmel. And he said to me, listen, we're inviting uh, Pastor Hale to a, a meeting tomorrow, and we'd like her to be there to represent the Hispanic community. And she doesn't really do any of that. She leaves that up to me. Yeah. And I said, well, I'll ask her. I said, uh, you know, they're asking. He goes, no, why don't you go instead? I said, well, I think they want you this time. I said, well, I won't go without you. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I told the gentleman that, and he said, well, let me find out if you can come, because he doesn't know me. And I said, okay, fine. Yeah. And he said, yes, why don't you come? But I'm telling you right now, you need to dress like if, if you were going to a business meeting. I said, okay, that's weird. I said, um, you know, community thing. I thought it was just meeting yeah. the community. And he says, okay. So I said, the Lord said, I want you to start reading the newspaper, and you're going to know why. I said, Okay. So I read the newspapers, I looked online on my newspaper website, and it announced Hillary Clinton will be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I said, Lord, are you kidding me? Are you, are you saying that that's where we're going to? He goes, yes. But don't tell her because she won't go. And I said, okay, I yeah. won't tell her. I'll just tell her to dress nice. So I said, okay. I said, I'm going to pick you up tomorrow because we got to be there an hour early and we need to go through security. He goes, why do we need to go through security? I said, I'm not sure. They're just telling us that we need, I, you know, I had to play it. So it's like, <laughs> so when I get there, you know, nothing, no sign of, of security or anything like that. We go through there sign in they checked us through and we're talking to people that we know there and we sit there I said I have to tell you something she goes what um Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's going to be here this morning and she says no way because yeah watch as soon as I said that you know, Secretary Hilton was coming through the doors because you're kidding me. And she was so ecstatic, right? I said, yeah, but you know what this is, right? This was a setup. So beware. Put your antennas on. <laughs> and sure enough, she was coming. She was talking about education, you know, and a lot of Democrats were there. And the Lord allowed me to shake hands with her. And my hand was already hot. It was it was heated. I said, oh, Lord, I'm going to lay it on her when I shake my hands with her. <laughs> <laughs> I shook my hand to Hillary. Somebody took a photo of that, and she would not let go of my hand. And then I said this to her, I pray for you like I pray for every person in leadership position. And she just thanked me for it. And, I mean, she didn't let go of my hand, and I knew God was doing something. You know, she's a former, uh, she's a former uh, you know, a believer, Methodist, I believe. And she knows the Bible back and forth. She knows the Bible. But this, this is one of God's children that has been destroyed or, you know, straight away for whatever reason, whatever lies the enemy has told them. It's one of God's children. And a lot of people, that's the other thing that God wanted me to say is a lot of people say, well, I hate Pelosi. I hate Schumer. I hate Omar. I hate AOC. You can't do that. You've got to pray for them, and you've got to speak blessings over them. You've got to speak. The, the curse turns around by speaking the blessings over them, and you need to do that every day. And, you know, yeah, they make kind of crazy mistakes, but you know what? Like I said before, God always has the last word. His gavel is final and in heaven. Reason, it's final in the earth. Yes. And the reason that you speak blessings is because it heaps coals of fire on their head, right? That's right. That's right. Isn't that right? That's right. And he also says, yeah. you know, uh, pray for your enemies. You know, yes, pray. to love them and pray for them. It doesn't mean you have to like them or like what they say, right. but you have to pray for that. And, you know, a lot of our errors in the body of Christ is that we forget to, to forgive for our nation and repent for our nation, for allowing these things, these circumstances, these issues to come forth. It's our fault for neglecting the body the way it is. But we can turn it around. We can do it. Yeah. I'm so excited now, about 2020. You have no idea. 2020 is going to be the biggest year for the body of Christ. I believe. You mean like a sea of red? 
it, 2020, between now as June, as we enter into the Pentecost uh, season now, it's going to yeah, turn. Yeah. The fire of God is going to increase. He's going to give his people wisdom. He's going to give legislators strategies and solutions how to solve problems. They're going to be a more bipartisan approach than ever seen before. God is going to speak to the, Mr. Trump's ear and his wife. His wife is an Esther of today. She's beautiful in every part of the way. And yeah. even now we release healing in her body as she just yeah. went through surgery. Lord, I just thank you for healing her body right now. We Send the word to her, Lord, healing, Lord, from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet, Father. We thank you, Lord, that she's going to know it's your hand touching her body, Lord. Quick recovery, Father, in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Uh, If you could have five minutes to talk to America, uh, what would you say you've got the floor? Warning or edification or what? What would you say? I would say for those that are watching with me to join me in prayer as we pray for America. Father, we just thank you right now, Lord. We thank you for this great nation that you have entrusted us with, Lord. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are touching every corner of this nation, Lord. We thank you for angels that are posted and assigned and ready for for their children, Lord, to release the command. And we decree in heaven today, God, that we have your kingdom in our hands, Lord. And we activate kingdom principles here on earth, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that you not only protected this nation from further harm, Lord yes, God, but Lord. you're even going to make this nation even greater, and Lord, we release the prophetic words that have been spoken over our president and his, and his family, his staff, his administrative staff, those volunteers that work day and night, Lord. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are covering yes, this Lord. nation, Lord. And we thank you for, the, for those in position of authority of other nations as they meet with the president, Lord. They get a sense of love around him, Lord. They get a sense your presence, yes. that whatever they thought about him, it's changed automatically in Jesus' name. And we thank you for changing the environment. We thank you, Lord, for changing the atmosphere. And we thank you for those that are speaking to his, his ear, Lord. Let it be the words from heaven, your oracles, Lord. And most importantly, Lord, I pray that your heart, Lord, is mended and grafted with his heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Now, I would love it if you would let the bride pray for you. We're going to pray for you real quick, okay? Bride, let's come That's wonderful. in agreement because uh, there's a lot more for her. I mean, you, Bride, I was not able to even read all of her bio. Her bio is amazing. The whole bio is on our website, watbradio.com. Go through there and read her bio. Very fascinating woman. But God has more. So let's pray and come in agreement for God's vision for her life. Amen. Lord, we just come together in agreement, the bride across the world, and we agree for Dr. Lydia, Lord, for the rest of her life, the plan that you have for her, Lord, the bride, we come in agreement with heaven today that she will have all that she needs to accomplish that vision, that you will give her the provision she needs and the intercessors she needs, and that all of her vision will come to pass, Lord. Lord, we thank you for more prophetic revelation coming to her, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for giving her ears actual full clarity to hear the Holy Spirit and to be led by him. Thank you, Lord, that she is in tune with the Holy Spirit and she's able to integrate that in business and able to help others to learn how to uh, use ministry in business and how to listen to the Holy Spirit and grow and expand beyond just the norms, but to be able to follow the Holy Spirit in that path. Lord, I thank you for the voice that you have given her, Lord, to the Hispanic community and to the indigenous peoples, Lord, and to the nation as a whole. Lord, we thank you that her words that she releases, Lord, will not fall to the ground, that it will bear much fruit and that it will be fruit that remains. Lord, we partner with heaven, Lord, for all of her family, Lord, that there will be unison in her family, healing in her family. Uh, healing and restoration in her family, Lord. And, Lord, thank you for all of the things that you're going to do in the future. We'll be excited to see it, Lord. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Sister, thank you so much for being on this broadcast with us tonight. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And talk to uh, people that want to, like women, that would like to maybe find out about how they can do a Christian Women's Chamber of Commerce in their town. Absolutely. My website is uh, it's easy. Uh, uh, it's www3cs.com. And the reason why it was again formed is because there were women like myself who felt that to be a voice for Christian business women. I call it a Christian business equality because it's, this word equality is thrown out there like crazy. So I Christians know. are left out. Christians are left out of everything, and it's not right. So we're a voice. We are the trumpet, and we, we, we talk about issues. We, we have people that are, are like spokespersons on different issues because of their expertise. And, and I challenge you, if you, you know, it's so easy to sign up. If you have a special gift, whether it's, you know, media or whether it's an education or, or just hungry, we just want to let you know that you're welcome to join us. Let me plug you in. Let me let me talk to you. Let me pray over you. Let me activate you. And we have a, a, a Lillian Wade, who is our youth ambassador, who is an, a national spoken for youth, uh, who's talking to youth to change their lives, to inspire them, and just activating the fivefold ministry in that. But not only that, but in the business. It's so important that we, as ambassadors of Christ, present Christ in the marketplace. As a business owner, you have a right to pray for your customer in your store. In your store. Don't wait for Sunday. Wow. Don't wait to see them outside. Pray for them right there in your shop. God will bless your shop. Wow. God will bless your shop. And so it's so important for, for you to know that that's your job. If God calls you to the business, he's also called you to be evangelist right where you are at. So let's get the job done, people. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, um, when I was studying judgment, did you know, this really shocked me, Dr. Lydia, did you know that in judgment, uh, one of the reasons that God judged the nations is because they quit including him. And if you take that right. model to business, it's the same way. Because you look at Chick-fil-A and you look at Hobby Lobby and you look at J.C. Penney, those that have included God, he has blessed them tremendously. So that is what you are telling these people. Include the Lord. Pray for That's people. Right. Use it as a ministry right there. I really applaud what you're doing, sister. And I just want to say on behalf of women, I am so, so proud of you uh, for all that you have done for women. And I just see many, many uh, blessings over you in the future. Amen. Amen. And thank you again, Dr. June, for having me. Such a pleasure and a delight to know you and meet you in person in D.C. There's a lot of work to be done. I know it is. All right. Well, hey, God bless you, and you have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.